Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful moms. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening to me. I love getting your messages and feedback about the podcast, and I know your time is valuable, so I truly feel feel honored that you are spending some time with me. Um, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about enoughness. I don't think it's a word, but I'm going to keep repeating it. So for all of the grammar people out there, I apologize if it is a little grating, but I wanted to have this word to talk about this of be, this topic of being enough. Um, and we're going to talk about it because it's something I hear so often in the medical mom world as just a person and um, with my clients. And I was inspired by this episode because of my youngest daughter. So shout out to Ro for the inspo. She is three years old. And I would argue that three is a really difficult age to be as a child, not just for the parents, but for a child, right? They're at this cusp of almost being a like a, a little kid, but still, still on that toddler mindset. And she understands so much, but also has equally a hard time regulating her feelings. And three-year-olds are so observant and smart and very impulsive and to have the toddler habits, but still be so big, it's probably very challenging. And my row is a little tornado. She is never satisfied. She's always on the move. She's always going. I call her my sour patch kid because she is sour and so, so sweet. One of her most common phrases right now is that's not enough. And most of the time I tell her something like, well, when you finish I, what you have, I will give you more. But it never matters. It never satisfies her. If I give her a bowl of blueberries, but it's like only half full, she'll say, well, that's not enough. And if I give her an equal amount of blocks like her sisters playing with them, that's not enough, mom. And her little squeaky voice, it's so sweet and also equally annoying. <laughs> And recently I had Girl Scout cookies and I gave her three of them and she responded, that's not enough. And I said, okay, well, how much would be enough? And she said, five. So I gave her five and then she started to cry and said, that's not enough. And then threw the cookies all over the floor. This is her response often, right? Like she goes from like, she's very irritated when she tells me that's not enough because she just equally thinks like, or immediately thinks that it's not enough. And she just chucks things. If there's not enough juice in her cup, juice goes flying. If there's not enough blueberries in that bowl, she chucks the blueberries. And it's been a very good learning experience for me. Um, I look at her and I'm like, girlfriend, you're sabotaging yourself. You have what you want. Enjoy it. 
be grateful for it, or even just be sad that you only have half a bowl of blueberries, but don't throw everything away because you don't have exactly what you thought you'd have. And yes, this is an analogy for all of you out there, my lovely friends. This is still a work in progress for her, and my reflexes have increased so much. I have gotten so good at reading her. The moments before she tries to chuck a bowl of blueberries, I'm actually really great at catching them now. But also, when I'm not, my patience has increased greatly. (laughs) But obviously, I'm using this example because it applies to us also so much. This concept is like directly aligned with us and how we believe about our lives. When is it going to be enough for us? And I want to say to you, right, I'm going to go deeper into this, but I want to say to you before we get started, don't sabotage yourself, friend. You, if you have what you want in front of you, enjoy it, be grateful for it, or even be sad But don't throw everything away because you don't have it exactly like you thought it would be, right? That little bit of expectation miss, we have blueberries but not enough, causes us to throw them out and sabotage ourselves so we have nothing. And I see this in my clients, in medical moms, and just from the general public because we are all struggling to grasp enoughness. And I want I want um, you to feel like you are enough. But too many of you are making enoughness be an ever-changing target. Meaning you set a goal for yourself like, okay, if I can fit into a size 8 jean, then I am enough. But then you get to that size 8 jean and you're like, yeah, I thought it would feel differently. So maybe the the real enoughness is a size two. How often are you telling yourself you're just not enough? Not, a, not funny enough, not friendly enough. Um, you should, and this could be sneaky, right? Because it's often like, well, you should be more, right? You should be more of this. It's just another way of your brain saying you're not enough. You should be more friendly. You should be more crafty. You should spend more time painting with your kids. You should do this more often. All ways of saying, "Mm, you're just not enough. How often are you thinking about this in regards to your goals? Right? There's just not enough progress. I should be doing this faster. Another sneaky way of saying you're not enough. And then when you're thinking that you're not enough... You're not smart enough or friendly enough. You should be working out more. You should be, you know, talking to your neighbors more, baking more bread. I don't know, whatever your brain is telling you. And then you start feeling bad, sad, disappointed, angry, jealous, overwhelmed. And then what do you do? You start self-sabotaging by throwing all of your progress out of the window by quitting Don't throw away your proverbial blueberries. First, I want to define what enough means. And I want to give you lots of examples on how this could be showing up in your lives. First, I googled it because I always google the words because I I think it's helpful for all of us to define these words that we think we know what they mean. Um, 
for instance, I'm trying to work on my organization and I was talking to my own coach and she's like, okay, you keep using this word, but we need to define it. Like, what does organized even mean to you? And it, it was just like a, such a light bulb moment because it's true. I hadn't really even defined what organized mean meant to me. Um, I was just kind of using it because, you know, I know what organized means. But in my life right now, how do I apply that word? And what kind of goal am I setting myself up for if I'm not, um, if I don't even have a clear definition of what I'm working towards? And so having this clear definition will help you feel more aware of what you're holding yourself to, right? Like what standards are you holding yourself to when you don't even know when it's like so vague or like this moving ever-changing target? So there are three different versions of enough online. And there's a determiner, there's a pronoun, and there's an adverb version of this. So I want to talk about all three of them. So the determiner means as much or as many as required. For example, there's too much work and not enough people to do it. So not enough. There needs to be a specific amount of something. Um, Similar words in the determiner are sufficient, adequate, ample, abundant, which I thought was really interesting to use abundant and sufficient in the same synonym group. Um, And I have a little bit, I I disagree a little bit, and I'm going to explain that in a minute. The next version of enough is uh, the pronoun version, as many or as many of something as required. So a little bit similar, but it's um, used like this. You need to get enough of the right things to eat. Okay, so there's a little bit of difference. Like the determiner means like, oh, we have enough apples or there's not enough apples. Whereas this is more like you need to have enough of the right things before it's okay. And then lastly, there's the adverb to the required degree or extent. And the example they gave is at the time he wasn't old enough to vote. So it's like a qualifier, um, something required to be able to vote. This makes me sound really smart. I'm just going to say I like I like how me saying adverb and pronoun gave me a little bit of an ego boost. Um, I like these examples because they kind of differentiate how we use the same word in different contexts and it means different things. And I want to use these as examples because it will make you look at what you're using enough in your life mean and how you're holding it against yourself. So I want to ask you, how do you know you have enough of anything, right? Um, feeling sufficient, right? If we use feeling enough, feeling sufficient, it's always going to come from our thinking. And it's really common for people to make a certain amount of money. Like, let's say $45,000 a year, you make this amount of money, and then you get a raise, and you're making... a year, $55,000 a year, and you still feel like there's not enough money, right? Your money increased and you're still having the same thought, there's not enough. Um, Feeling like there is enough is similar to sufficiency. And I really love this word sufficiency. Abundance and scarcity are buzzwords on the internet. And I am going to use them though in this episode because this conversation and the context abundance and scarcity can give, I think are important for the context. Scarcity 
means the lack of supply or insufficiency. It's the opposite of um, abund- or enoughness, right? It's if you're feeling sufficient, the opposite is insufficient, not the opposite of abundance. Um, so for example, I have an insufficient supply of sushi. There's not enough sushi. Abundance is having more than enough, an oversupply. I have an oversupply of laundry. Anyone else can relate to that? Um, it's more than enough. And I see these thrown around often online, trying to have an abundant mindset, right? That you have more than enough money. You have more than enough time. You have an abundance of everything in your life. And I think that's good and all. I'm not saying that it's wrong. However, there is a key part of this conversation that I see missing online. And, it, and it's to have just enough. That is what we call sufficiency. There is a sufficient amount in my life, right? Just enough to have enough right now in this moment, I believe can be more powerful than trying to practice abundance because so many of us are already in scarcity mode. That's where our brain naturally gravitates towards trying to find the problems, trying to find the solutions by freaking us out. (laughs) Thanks brain. Um, for example, though, I have sufficient amount of children in my life. I have three kids and that's enough, right? I have a sufficient amount and that brings me a lot of joy. If you're moving out of scarcity, like most of us are, we're trying to look at our lives and not feel lack all the time. Like we're not good enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. Feeling that lack and moving in to abundance will not feel real. Okay. It's, it's so a little bit frustrating for me to see when people are like, I'm just going to have an abundant mindset. I need to have like an abundant mindset. And I'm like, you can't have an abundant mindset if you currently don't feel like what you have is even enough. Your brain is going to immediately reject you going from there's not enough of anything to, oh, I have everything and more than I need. So if you currently don't feel like you have enough, we have to start with believing there is enough before you can think there is more than enough. And it's very uncomfortable. But the good news is that all of these things, scarcity, sufficiency, and abundance, are feelings. And we know our feelings come from our thinking. So you have to be willing to believe there is enough by practicing thoughts that evoke sufficiency and feeling sufficiency as an emotion. And let yourself feel it right now. Like, what does sufficiency even feel like in your body? Have you ever, like, we know what lack feels like, because I believe a lot of us feel like that often. Um, But to practice feeling sufficient, to practice feeling like there is enough, we are enough, there's enough time, there's enough resources for us, What does it feel like in your body? Is it warm, airy, tingling? To me, it feels like the opposite of anxiety. It feels like stillness. It feels grounding. Um, I have a story. So I notoriously go over um, our grocery budget often. And I had been working through my, with my coach and I realized through some of the coaching sessions I had had with her, 
that I had some major food scarcity that I really hadn't moved through or felt or like recovered from. And I grew up really, really poor and there was a lot of feast or famine and and it was like feast for like three days and then famine most of the rest of the month. Um, there was never enough food in my house. And so I have been working through that, right? And it was really surprising, but I realized like, oh yeah, I can definitely see some connections to my life right now. And so anyway, fast forward a few months later and I was on my way to the grocery store and Jeff and I had discussed our budget and it was a little bit lower than I wanted it to be. We had some unexpected things come up and we, our money went elsewhere. And so I had a much smaller budget to go to Costco with. And I was determined though to meet this budget because Jeff is always like, why do you always go over budget? Why do you always go over budget? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. I just like, I, I love grocery shopping. So, um, I just, you know, want to buy all the things, all the fun things at Costco. And I decided like, I was like, I'm going to stay under budget. I'm going to just spend this money and I'm not going to go over budget. It's going to be so great. I'm going to like surprise him. And anyway, so I'm driving to Costco. It's about 25 minutes away from my house and I'm in a good mood. I'm, I know I'm going to get Starbucks. I'm alone. I'm going to enjoy my little trip to the grocery store and I put on a podcast and it was a coaching podcast. So the coach on there is obviously talking about feelings and they're like, have you checked in with yourself today? Like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh, I, I, I know how I'm feeling. I'm feeling so good. And then I paused and actually asked myself like, oh, how am I feeling? And as soon as I connected with my body, I felt super buzzy. That's how I love, like my anxiety is like a low hum, like a buzz, like an unease untethered feeling. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling anxiety. That's interesting. So I turned off the podcast and sat with my feeling for a little bit. And a few minutes went by and I was like, okay, like there's some anxiety and anxiety is a secondary emotion. And that means it's a response to another feeling you're having. So it's really important to know this because a lot of you will just say, I'm, I'm experiencing anxiety as if that's it, but it's never just it. There's always something else underlying, pushing that anxiety. Typically, I would say 90% of the time anxiety is rooted in fear, something you're afraid of. And your response to fear is to feel anxious about it and worry and spiral. And so I knew I was afraid of something. I was like, all right, body we're feeling afraid. What is going on? Why do I feel so anxious? And I sat with myself until I came up with the answer. And I just let myself simmer on that question. And the thought said, my thought that kept reoccurring once I, you know, stilled myself was, it's not enough. We don't have enough money. This is not enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, even when I had acknowledged that I had some scarcity issues and worked through some major feelings towards them in my brain, in the background was a thought still circulating, orbiting my brain. Like, yeah, there's just not enough. This budget is not enough. And I was about to go into the grocery store thinking this is not enough. This is not enough. 
And I just thought it was so interesting because I was like, all right, I understand why now I believe that there's not enough because when will it ever be enough for me? When will it ever be enough to go into the grocery store and feel completely sufficient? I asked myself this. I didn't have an answer because even if I gave myself an exorbitant amount of money to spend at Costco, there's always something that I couldn't buy. Like realistically, even if I went to go spend a thousand dollars, there's always something else I could stock up on or, you know, something I could. And I just, a part of me knew it had to deal, do with childhood trauma. And so part of me just like wanted to honor that and witness that pain of me feeling very scarce in this moment, even as an adult. And here's the thing that will stop you from healing or progressing these moments is when you judge yourself. Because before any time I would start thinking about my childhood, I would correct myself in a very unloving way and say, well, that's irrelevant because you are no longer a child and you have more than enough because I'm comparing myself to what I had as a child, which was very, very, very little. And comparatively now, I do have an abundance of things. But that is not a helpful response, you guys. That's not a helpful, healing, loving thing. What is loving is to say, hey, I see you, eight-year-old self. I see you and I feel you and I know it feels scary to go grocery shopping because we think it's a feast or famine every time. My brain is still in that mode, still recovering from years of feast and famine. And so I told myself, this is enough. And I don't know how long this will be enough for. Okay. I'm not saying this is going to be enough for the whole month. I'm not saying this is going to be enough for the next week even. Right. I think it would have been, but it was not the time or place to tell myself that. I said, but for now, I know for sure this will be enough for the next several days. And if the time comes where it's not enough, there are not enough, you know, foods in my fridge, we will figure it out. I can put it on a credit card. I could ask my friends for money. And again, this isn't, this wasn't me in this like do or die situation, but my brain and my body felt really threatened. And sometimes you might think, oh my gosh, I'm being so dramatic. I'm, um, I'm just like so ungrateful for everything I already have. And that again is just not a helpful response to when your brain is operating from scarcity or fear. And so I just talked to myself very lovingly and very calmly and comforted myself and said, no, we have enough. And I knew I could believe this in this moment because I would make sure that there would be enough for now and then take care of myself when that enoughness started to lesson. And so I went to the grocery store and I kept repeating myself. I'm like, no, this is going to be enough. This is going to be enough. This is going to be enough. I still went over budget. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm, I think it went over like $50 um, because I was still like struggling and I bought a few other things that I just wanted um, and it worked out. It wasn't a big deal, but I am happy to say that the last probably 10 times I have been grocery shopping. I have stayed at or under my budget. Um, and I know it's, 
it's because I started telling myself this is exactly enough money for me right now to go grocery shopping. And this last time I went, I I spent like $10 under budget. And I just remember feeling so proud of myself because I didn't feel scared. And this is what healing looks like. This is what growth looks like, is these tiny little moments, you guys. We think growth are these like monumentous leaps, and they're not. I felt like there was a huge leap of growth when I acknowledged some painful memories of having no food in the fridge as a child. And I thought that was like the big moment. And it was, it was a big moment in my healing, in my progress. But like the actual active healing came from me telling myself, we have enough food when I was grocery shopping. And that sounds boring. And it sounds too simple. And it can sound like I, you know, you might be placating yourself or whatever. Or babying yourself. That's what my my brain wanted to tell me. It was like, you don't need to baby yourself through this. But I did. I did need to because I wasn't treated that way as a child. And I needed to be comforted. And I had to reparent that part of myself. And I know it's a direct correlation from not trying to feel abundant, right? I could have made that case, but it was unbelievable for my state of mind at that moment. And this was not me in panic mode. This was just me driving happily to the grocery store. I needed to feel sufficient. I needed to feel like there was enough in this moment, not more than enough, because I couldn't believe it. This is a very common response with most things that we feel like there are resources of, like money time, energy, and sleep. These are all things we tend to describe from a scarce place. But in order to move out of scarcity, you have to be able to trust yourself and have your own back to figure out that next step. One of my favorite beliefs is that you have enough to start. You have enough money to start. You have enough time to start. You have enough energy to start. Okay, I thought this a lot When I first started my coaching business, I struggled to feel like I could even begin because I didn't think I had enough business stuff. Um, I was very sure about my decision to be a coach and the tools I had. I felt very confident in that. But the business part of it, I didn't feel like I could even invest very much money because I was already coming from a scarce money place. Um, And... Then randomly I decided like, okay, business cards is what's going to make me feel like enough. And then I spent money on business cards that I literally never used. I think I used them one time. And that was me throwing out my blueberries because I didn't invest in the right things. I just started like, I would randomly spend money on like a $50 thing, but feel too afraid to invest $250 in like graphic design work. Um... And then I would stop because I would base my belief on my behavior. And I'd say, okay, well, I didn't start in the, in the circumstance of my business cards didn't work out. So I must not have enough business stuff to start a business, right? I used that as evidence against myself. Um, and then I would, you know, try to work through that and try to move forward 
build some movement, momentum, and I'd get my bowl of blueberries half full, and then I would start to feel scarce again, and I would throw my blueberries out with inconsistency. I would only show up every now and again, or I would self-sabotage with self-doubt, and I just kept thinking, like, I need to have more things in my life, more money to invest in, and more... I just don't have enough time to do all the things I wanted to do, right? I had so many things I wanted to create and then I wouldn't get any of them done because I kept thinking, I don't have time to do all of these things. But I did have enough time to do one, one at a time, even if it was really, really slow. And so I finally caught on to this and I started to notice that feeling of lack and I practiced thinking I have enough to start. I have exactly what I need right now in my resources, and it really did help me feel safe and sufficient. And what that did that lead to? Consistency. Confidence. My work ethic improved. I started ticking things off my list. I showed up more online. I spent time creating more content and thinking about my clients. And eventually I did invest like more heavily into my business when I as I started as I started to grow more and feel more confident in my ability to believe in myself and I hired a business coach that helped me right so I knew but it had to start with my own belief in myself even when I thought I had a lot of evidence that I didn't have enough I still believed I did have enough and it will always come down to that belief that you have the ability to do something about it and what's so tough about scarcity is that it will make you feel like you are not in control and that you're just simply stuck with no options but it's never true. There's always options and you're not stuck. Even if it's just barely enough, barely enough, it's still enough. Even if you just have just enough time to work out, it's enough. If you have just enough time to work on your project, it's enough. Sometimes you all will use enough as a pronoun And use it against yourself. The sentence used in this definition was, you need to get enough of the right things to eat. And I feel like I see this with um, identity in my clients. Like being enough as a mother or wife or friend. Like I need to do all the right things. I need to get all the right things done in order to be a good mom. I need to get all of the right uh, craft supplies to be a good mom. I need to clean enough of my house to be a good wife, to be the fun, to be the fun mom, right? We use this to gatekeep ourselves from enoughness. And you being enough is never predicated on your actions. Your worth is not up for discussion, and I will never waver on this. And it's pretty funny, like... My clients will argue with me about this. They will try to convince me that their worth is not 100%. It's not set in stone. Like, like, no, I've made some bad decisions, Courtney. Like, you don't even understand. Like, I've made serious mistakes. Um, and I'm like, I understand that. I'm not trying to argue that you are perfect because that's definitely not um, what we're here for. I don't believe in perfection, ever. And I think what gets so confusing about being enough is that 
it's challenging to reconcile your worth that doesn't change with the choices you either have think have have either made other people uncomfortable or in pain or decisions you've made that you believe are not the best and that your choices have impacted people and I get it and I want to use my mom as an example my mom became addicted to drugs when I was 12 she was in and out of my life for years I moved out when I was 14 and there were very they were very tough years for me and many direct consequences that negatively impacted my life because of her decisions. So I get it when you say that you've made mistakes that have hurt people. And I have good memories of my mom and I have a lot of memories that are not. But I still believe that she has value as a person and I don't see her worth any less because of the choices she made. She's not a less human being because of that. And this doesn't mean that there's not consequences to your actions, okay? It doesn't mean we're indifferent to choices you've made. You can have morality. You can have ethics. You can say, what I did was wrong. I lied or I cheated and that was wrong. And now I feel bad that I've hurt people in my life. I'm not saying that this isn't real or valid. I want you to have ethics. I want you to look in with your integrity and be like, yeah, this was a wrong choice that I made based off of your own moral code. And I will sit here as a mom to my, as a daughter of my mom and a mom to my kids and say, yeah, I, I definitely believe there were things my mom did that were 100% wrong. But that still doesn't take away your worth. You are still enough. You are still worthy. Your choices are not erasing your worth. There are consequences to your actions and there are boundaries I have lots of boundaries with my own mother. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. But your worth as a human doesn't change. It's set in stone from the day you took your first breath. You just are worthy. It's like gravity, in my opinion. You just are. It just is. Your enoughness has nothing to do with your behavior or other people's opinions of you. And you will make mistakes. We all do. We all will hurt other people's feelings or say the wrong things. And that is not to invalidate our decisions, but it's that we can't be afraid of hurting other people in the sense that like we holding ourselves to perfection, holding ourselves to this idea that if we do make a mistake, then all of our worth crumbles beneath us. What really matters in this scenario is what happens after you make a mistake do you have your own back? Are you willing to make amends with the people you've hurt? How do you respond when you've made choices that were not the best? How do you treat other people who come to you and express their pain or hurt feelings? Are you defensive? Are you angry? Do you gaslight them? How do you treat yourself when someone says, hey, like, that hurt my feelings? Now, we can get into all of that, that they're responsible for their feelings and all of that, because that's also still true. But it's still important to be able to hold your worth, their feelings separately from yours, and to be willing to be like, okay, yeah, I want to understand you. Tell me. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what happened. 
What can I do? And then you check in with yourself like, oh yeah, I can see how that would make you feel that way. And if necessary, you can apologize. But that's really what is way more important, I believe, in your character, in your integrity, is being able to apologize. Because when your worth isn't up for grabs, it's a lot easier to apologize. When your worth isn't up in question, of course you're willing to apologize because you're not apologizing for existing. You're not apologizing because you are a mistake. You are apologizing because you made a mistake. And that's the difference, okay? You can make mistakes without being a mistake. We all do. Because we will never reach that perfection. And I think that's another thing that holds us back from ever feeling like enough. Because we keep seeing our own flaws. And we withhold self-love. We hold loving ourselves until we can be enough for everyone else. Until we can be this perfect idealized version of who we think we're supposed to be. Because the real version of us, the, the version that we're alone with most is definitely not enough, right? We're too privy to all of our negative thinking. We're too privy to our, our naked body. We're too privy to all the horrible things we've ever thought or done. That's what our brain will try to convince us of. And none of that is true. Your worthiness does not change. It's not a moving target. It just exists and it just is. And I've never met one person who loves themselves, who accepts themselves, who just gives up on life, who just stops. Because that's the other flip side. People are like, well, if I love myself or if I forgive myself or I feel like I'm enough, then why would I be motivated to do anything? And you know what that tells me? It tells me that you believe that beating yourself up is how you get things done. That shaming yourself is what you have to do to drive yourself forward. And there's another way to do it. I've never met a person who loves themselves, never try, or never have goals, who just becomes a couch potato and sits and does nothing and ignores their children and their spouse and the world. Okay? Like, it just doesn't exist, doesn't happen. Because if you love yourself and believe you're worthy... You'd be willing to apologize to people you've hurt. You'd be willing to accept criticism easier. You'd be able to strengthen relationships that maybe you've shied away from because you're afraid of what they might say or think of you. Your enoughness is the foundation of everything in your life. Another way we gatekeep worthiness or feeling like we are enough is using it as a requirement being worthy of something like our bodies we just keep it just out of reach with our bodies you might think enoughness comes from a specific number like your weight or a specific clothing size I want to know that number and I bet you if we all like took a survey of all of our numbers they'd all be kind of different maybe a few of them would be the same but we'd have a varying number What's your ideal weight? What's the the weight where you would feel worthy at? What's the pant size you'd feel worthy at? I literally am so fascinated by this because I went to Target and I, or I, it was the thrift store actually. I went to the thrift store and found some clothing and I bought 
size 13 shorts, size small shirt, size large shirt, size medium shorts. Like I had an arrangement of clothing and all of the sizes were different. And I don't know, like the circumstances change often and I love my shorts that I bought. So it's not based off of the circumstance meaning your weight or your um, size and clothing. It's always going to come back to your thinking. And I know this because when I look back at pictures of my high school self, I remember being insecure about my body. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you do not look like other girls. And now I look back and you know what I wish? I wish I was kinder to myself. I wish I appreciated myself more. I wish I praised myself more. And I know for certain, 10 years from now, I will look back on pictures of myself and think the same thing. I will think, we should have just appreciated her. But here's the thing. I don't want to wait 10 years to feel that way about myself now. And I don't think any of us should. You can feel grateful for yourself right now. You can be kinder to yourself right now. You can feel like your body right now is enough. Because enoughness is not a destination. It's a state of mind. It will always come from your thinking. Enoughness is a thought. I am enough. And that's it. Nothing else necessary for you to be enough your body right now your stomach your thighs enough right now beauty standards and trends change all the time do you guys remember when having a big butt was an insult (laughs) like if you grew up in the early 2000s no one wanted big hips and a big butt everyone was a twig and now it's totally trendy But here's the thing. Bodies are not trends. Bodies are just bodies. And they exist in all different shapes and sizes. And they are all equally worthy. Bodies are not trends. They just exist. And this isn't me being super positive either. This is neutral thinking. Some people will be like, oh my gosh, you're so positive. And I'm like, am I positive or am I just not negative? Because that's two different things, right? If these sound like positive thoughts to you, Bodies are not bodies, or bodies are not trends, they're just bodies. If that sounds like a positive thought, it's actually just a neutral thought. Bodies exist. And we don't have to think super positive thoughts. I, I mean, I think that you can and should, but you don't have to. And I actually think that neutral thinking, neutral thoughts are often more helpful than positive thoughts. And this is how I have moved into more positive self-image because I think neutral thoughts about my body more than I think positive thoughts about my body. It's one of the best ways I've found to help myself move to that point of sufficiency by making things neutral. Yes, this is enough. My body is enough. The last area I want you to consider in, in being enough, when is it enough for you, is in your medical mom journey. And the other definition used enough is to the required degree or extent meaning at the time he wasn't old enough to vote 
When is it enough in your journey as a mom to feel content or peace? I hear she's not healthy enough to be happy. He's not stable enough to really celebrate this news, this win, the the cleared echo. Or I'm not spreading awareness enough to be a true medical mom. Things could be so much worse for me, so I don't really get that badge. These are all thoughts, my friends, and that means they're optional. You have other options you can believe. You don't have to believe these default thoughts. You can decide right now that you are enough and that in this moment, in your journey as a medical mom, there is sufficiency. So when will enough be enough? Is there an actual finish line or does it keep moving, changing? Is that enoughness feel vague to you? These are all ways our brains are trying to keep enoughness out of reach. And the truth is, you have to believe you are enough for you to be enough. Because you are. You are completely enough, and I love you. All right, till next time, my friends. Bye-bye. Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go.